again, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today it's going to be another short show. This is going to be even shorter, and it's going to be a nice, quick, little, tight little thing where I talk about Kataria Fables, Murder Mystery Machine, and Space Station Sprint. All of these games are unique in a way, but not really. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, nah, Kataria Fables isn't really that unique, but they're all very different from one another. That is where I was really going with that. But that is it for today's episode. So just the three games today, this week. And yeah, I have started playing One Piece Pirate Wars 4 for Attack the Backlog. So you can see me stream that if you want. Also, the games I'm talking about today, Kataria Fables, I did stream for two or so hours on Monday. I think it was Monday. So you can check out the archive of that if you'd like to see the game in action. And I also played a little bit of Space Station Sprint at the end of that stream. However, the entire time my game audio was muted and no one thought to mention it. And everyone who was there said, Ah, I could have sworn. I could have sworn I heard the game audio. And they're all liars. And they don't listen to anything. I don't even believe any of them were actually watching. They're all a bunch of liars. They had the whole thing muted. Even though they were engaging with me and talking with me and responding to what I said. They're still, I, I don't know how it works. But they're lying. Anywho, Kataria Fables is a adventure game where I'm assuming you'll eventually get to farm and all that kind of jazz feels very Stardewy or Harvest Moony Rune Factory. It's in a 3D space unlike Stardew Valley and instead of playing humans you play animals. They're humanoid animals of course. I'm not going to say that other word because I always mess it up. Anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic? Is that right? Did I actually get it right? But you're playing anthropomorphic animals and the problem with the game because i played it for those two or so hours maybe a little bit more than two hours during the stream is that it is incredibly talky it doesn't know when to shut the fuck up and part of the problem is the stuff that the characters are saying the story and all that isn't that interesting it's pretty generic basic ass stuff and my bigger problem with all the text and how talky it is is that I don't mind if a game eventually gets talky, if it eventually starts to push the story. But at the very outset, at the very beginning, I want you to do a much better job of onboarding me. I want you to tell me all the gameplay mechanics, what I can do in this game, what I can do in this world, and then let me do that for a bit of time so that I can get an idea of whether or not I actually want to engage with your story and want to keep playing your game. Because if I don't like playing your game, I don't care about the story. And when a game is so top-heavy with its story and everything, it becomes exhausting because, for me at least, I'm just sitting there listening to all this stuff. Not, not listening in this case. It's, it's all written i don't believe there's a single bit of voice acting so you're reading it all and i'm just constantly waiting for those brief moments where i'll get to play the game 
and then move on to another bit of story because that's what's going to end up happening in the beginning of this game and maybe throughout the entire thing. It feels like it's being padded out to be a longer experience than it actually is, which is also frustrating. And as someone who values time more than anything, when you start getting older, you'll value it the same if you don't already. I hate it when a game doesn't value my time, when it wastes my time, and that's how I felt during my entire time with Katari Fables. Because when I was actually playing the game, I thought, you know what? I can like this. It isn't that bad. It is incredibly easy. I can't remember if there are difficulty levels. There might not be. No, this one didn't have it. I'm pretty sure now that I'm thinking back on it. But it is very, very easy. The combat in the game is super simplistic. It is reminiscent of Cat Quest 2 and Cat Quest 1, which is another game where you're playing as animals, but that one is very much so cat-focused, the first one, and then the second one is cat and dog-focused, whereas this one has cats, bunnies, tigers, dogs, frogs? I think all the frogs are like domesticated animals. They're not actual humanoid creatures. But the way the combat works is that Enemies will televise what they're going to do, and they'll have a little cone or whatever the shape of their attack will be, and then it will come through them in like a bar that turns red, and when it reaches the edge of their attack range, they'll perform their attack, which is very Cat Quest-y if you've played Cat Quest. And this makes the combat very easy to read and understand when enemies are going to attack, and so all you really have to do, it's attack, attack, attack. You see them getting ready to attack, and then you dodge out of the way when they're about to attack. There's no hit detection, so you can roll through them, which is nice and also adds to the easiness of it all. And then the, the enemies, to my knowledge, all the ones I've run into, they don't have multiple different attacks. So once you see an attack once from an enemy you know that's the only attack to expect. Whereas in something like Cat Quest, not to keep bringing up that game, but some enemies will have multiple attacks, like a melee strike and then also some magic thing that have different areas of effect. Of effect. And that is not the case in my experience so far with Kataria Fables. Every enemy has a single attack, bosses included, I think. And that's it. And... I, I don't mind the easiness of it. I think it's very inviting. It could be a great game for kids, but the talking nature goes against that and would make it, I would assume, terrible for kids because I don't I, I can't see them having the patience to deal with all the, the talking, all the reading, and all the story that's going on. They just want to play the game. After playing it for two or so hours, I still didn't have any access to attending to my farm, which I'm assuming I will be able to get because there's this big empty lot on my property that belonged to my grandfather, I believe, who passed away and left it to me. And you have like a little storage container that you can put items in to sell and get currency from. You have your little house that you can sleep in, regain your health, save it. And then you have this big lot that has a well and a few structures that you need resources in order to repair and some patches on your currently barren lot that need to be cleaned up like some rocks and maybe some twigs or whatever but you can't do anything you don't have the tools to do anything and the game hasn't told you whether or not you have to go and buy these tools or if eventually they'll be like hey 
you know, in addition to doing all these quest things, you can also farm. Why don't we give you a, a handle of that? And so the fact that I've played it for so long and I still have these things locked for me is incredibly frustrating and really emphasizes the lack of care this game has for my time. At least that's the way it feels. I, I don't feel like it respects my time and cares about not wasting it, which is really frustrating because I think it looks good. I, I like the polygonal art and I like the cute nature of it all with the animals and everything. The only real issue is that it just is getting in its own way, which is something so many games do. Don't don't talk my ear off. You can save that for later after you've introduced me to all the aspects of the game. Introduce me to farming, to combat, to exploring the world, to everything that your game has to offer gameplay-wise, and then start to divulge the story for me. But that's not what Kataria Fables does. And because of that, I have really no interest in returning to it. I do... Given how disappointed I was with Cat Quest, I do like it more. But Cat Quest is a much easier game to just jump in and do a bunch of whatever. And it doesn't talk your ear off as much. Exactly. Not really. Uh, but yeah. Bit of a bummer there. Then Murder Mystery Machine is a game that I like in theory. And I think... If you're playing it on one particular platform, it probably is a good time. But I was not playing it on that platformer. If that platformer, I was not playing it on that platform because I was playing it on a console, Xbox specifically, and with a controller. Murder Mystery Machine is just a tedious slog of a game to deal with because in it you are playing this rookie detective who had the highest or some of the highest marks in school. So you're thrown into this division that is headed in the basement, I believe, with this crotchety, not old dude, but just this crotchety guy who doesn't want anyone's help, thinks it's just a dead-end job, doesn't want to deal with anyone. He's a real piece of shit, as far as my initial impression of him goes. And you go around solving mysteries, figuring out who done it. You know, there, there are murders. And they're mysteries, and you are the machine that must solve them. And the way you do this is by going to specific places, talking with potential suspects, but people of interest who may have information that will help you, and looking around these environments that feel very much like little miniature dioramas. I love the look of this. It has a nice cell shady s style to it, and I think it looks really nice. And the, the, the game spaces, which are these single square areas I, I think are very pretty to look at but you're rotating these environments so that you can see better angles for finding clues you interact with anything that has like a, a white dot above it and these will be added to your big wall book of evidence and the way you go about solving these mysteries is by linking things together so you will get objects that could potentially be murder weapons you'll have piece of information that can be used to substantiate this claim or that claim or who you think did it and each mystery will have a specific number of things you need to do in order to submit your 
thought, your belief, your assumption as to who did it and what they did it with, why they did it, when they did it in some cases. And in some of the, the cases, you'll need like three different pieces of evidence for this part of the, the submission process or whatever. And it is seemingly a pretty cool game. I like this type of game. And even though a lot of the mysteries seem pretty easy to figure out early on, it becomes a tedious log when you have to tie everything together using a controller because it's basically just mouse controls with an analog stick. And that makes it incredibly slow compared to if you were using a mouse and just really tedious because of that. It's just a real slug. I think about how much faster and streamlined and how much smoother the whole experience would be if I was using a mouse. And I just long for that because using the controller makes it incredibly clunky and just really unpleasant to play. And I don't, I don't think there's an easy way to get around with it because you ha when you have this, I think it's more like a book than a wall per se, but just when you have a screen full of all these different pieces of evidence and all these lines connecting the ones that you've connected that you can also, if you decide that this doesn't connect with this other piece of evidence, you can cut it and everything. But when you're dealing with 20 plus different pieces of evidence, whether it's a person of interest, a potential murder weapon, some information, etc., it is really tiresome very quickly doing all that with a controller and an analog stick. So for me, Murder Mystery Machine is a game I didn't put that much time into because I'm playing it on consoles and it just is not fun to play with a controller. I can't say from experience that a mouse would fix all my issues, but I'm assuming based on what my issues are that on PC using a mouse would just make it so much better. That said, I think if you're looking for something that requires more thought, I wouldn't recommend the game because it's all pretty simple and it's just about connecting the dots and the only difficulty would be in seeing all this crap. And you can also go into like organization mode and move the pieces of evidence around if the clutter that it defaults to is annoying you so you can clean up the space you want, which is just added annoyance when trying to do that with an analog stick. Uh, it just adds another aspect that is tedious. <laughs> but unless you just like these types of games, I, I would be cautious just because of how simple it all really is. Then Space Station Sprint is a game that I really, really, really want to like. But it is also something that probably would feel much better on PC because it is a first-person shooter where you are going through the space stations. You have a goal to do, which is really just find the purple data pad and then interact with it and then get back to your space station before the time runs out and the bad guys discover your ship and destroy it. And it's very Groundhog Day-y in that you are in these environments for... 60 seconds or less, maybe a little more at times. It all depends on the size of the station and the mission, etc. But you're running through these space stations for a very short amount of time. You don't have a lot of time to do what you need to do. And 
in addition to having your objective, each space station will also have a few other things that you can get, like collectibles and permanent upgrades to your attack, your defense, your armor, your grenade damage, etc. And the way it works is that, uh, and, and comparing it to Groundhog Day, is that you will do a run and you will find, say, an upgrade. And that upgrade will always be in that same place. The, the stuff doesn't change. It's not procedurally generated in that way. So you will now, after that first failed run, have the knowledge of where that one particular item is so you can get it right away. And then you will play through that level over and over and over again so that you find out where everything is and you're able to then figure out what the best route is to get everything including your objective, and then return to your ship in the allotted amount of time. You don't have to do this, of course. You can just focus on the objective. But it would be to your benefit to get all the other stuff that improves your character and your stats. But like I said, the problem is it just feels like shit on controller. I think it is a terrible feeling game. The movement feels okay, but the shooting feels terrible. And because of that, I just had no fun playing it, and I spent the majority of my time going through dozen plus levels, just sprinting to wherever the objective would be after I found it and then returning to my ship and leaving. I didn't bother getting any stat boosts or any stuff like that. I just got to the objective and then got the hell out of there. And that wasn't fun. I wanted to really engage with the Groundhog Day nature of the game, but because I think the shooting feels so terrible with a controller, I had a miserable time playing it the way it's meant to be played because you're not supposed to just go after the objective unless you're trying to speed run the game which i'm no speed runner but yeah that is space station sprint another game that i would say is better worth checking out on pc because i'm assuming i always assume that everything unless it's a first party game is available on pc because why the hell wouldn't it be on pc and it just feels like a pc ass game but uh, yeah, that is it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I've, of course, I'm playing Apex a whole bunch still. Loving that game. I have my cool nights with it, cool days, cool afternoons, cool whatever time of the days with it where things are just not clicking. There was a day where everything was really not clicking. I don't know. I was messing with a bunch of the controller stats and it just... I fucked him up for a second, too, where everything was really loose. And I was like, what did I do? How do I fix this? But things seem better now. I've been watching a lot more Apex streamers. And I'm just I'm getting an itch to want to want to get properly good at the game. So that's the thing. And then I also, because of that, said, what if I, what if I switch from a 32-inch TV to a 24-inch TV? And I have been liking that change across the board for all games which is weird just in that i think a lot of people are always looking to upgrade their display by getting a bigger one but i went from a 1080p 32 inch tv to a 24 inch 1080p tv and i think it looks pretty good the only the only reason i would get rid of this or switch tvs at this point is to get another 24 inch TV, well, monitor, to be more specific, capable of displaying 120 FPS. Because whenever they add that for Apex, when they add that on the series consoles for Apex, I'm, of course, going to 
have to get a display for that because I don't want to be at a disadvantage. I want to feel them frames. If any game is going to get me to upgrade my display to play it in 120 FPS, it is going to be Apex Legends. But that is it. That is all. Once again, I am Mark Gugnes. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. Speaking of Attack the Backlog, the latest episode is about the aforementioned Cat Quest 2, which I was very disappointed with. And you want to know why? Do you want to know why? If you want to know why, you can go check out that video and or podcast in audio form i do recommend the video though because the video is the way to really consume the attack the backlogs also like i said earlier i am playing one piece pirate wars 4 currently and you can watch me play that game and other games over at twitch.tv slash px sausage check it out subscribe follow no 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 you can subscribe if you want only if you have a prime membership that you're not using somewhere else do not pay for a subscription it's a waste of money it's a terrible deal don't do it if you want to support me go over to patreon.com pxs and support me there which i'll reiterate in a little bit but on that note i am going to add at least this one incentive for being a Patreon supporter at any tier. I was going to lock it behind and attack the backlog for some reason. And I was like, why would I do that? But the incentive will be at the beginning of the month, like today, I will put up a post at some point asking for recommendations. I'm finishing up the the finalization, the, the whatever of uh, my spreadsheet with all my games in my collection so that people will be able to look at that giant list of games and make suggestions as to what they would like to see me stream during that month. This will just be for a single stream, a single night, which will be like three or longer hours of me playing that game. And when people make their suggestions during the first week, I will take those suggestions and then create a poll, and then everyone will be able to vote on what game they would like. Of course, this could end up in a lot of stalemates given the limited number of people in the Patreon, but this is something that might get you interested in joining if you haven't already. You'll get some agency in what I stream for a single night each month. So then after the the second week where the poll is live ends, then I will declare the winner and for probably one of the Friday streams left in that month, I will stream the aforementioned winner of said poll. But uh, speaking of polls, I'm a poll in addition to being Sicilian. And and if you'd like to check out the videos I make, go over to youtube.com slash sausage, which is where you can watch Attack the Backlog. And of course, if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And you know what's coming, baby. If you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to what's that again? I said I was gonna I was gonna bring it up. Not that not that much longer in the in the future. What? What? Oh, 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 patreon.com slash pxs. Yes, if you would like to support us in anything we do. I know that some may be confused by me saying us and we. It's just a, it's just habit. It's really just me. But if you would like to support 
pixelated sausage you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us over there which is the best way because that is the way in which i get the most of your donation your your help and whatnot whereas a sub on twitch i get 250 of that i get 50 percent of that if that it might be a little bit less it might be closer to like 57 percent or 43 percent that i get so do not ever pay real money for a subscription that's that's my last recommendation anywho that will do it for this here episode once again thank you for listening and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely rest of your week and an incredible incredible week and Thank you, thank you, thank you, and bye.